0: Shut up and sit down. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Tacticam. Tacticam is the easiest way to record your hunt. Now, whether you're just trying to review your shot to make sure that you put a good shot on that animal, or you want to post it to facebook show your friends show your buddies put it on youtube making a hunting show uh any of that stuff they've got 4k cameras they've got wides um, they've got the easy to use solo uh really budget friendly that comes with all the mounts to hook it up to your bow um definitely check out tacticam if you're looking at uh filming or recording any of your hunts um this week um as we're starting to come out of this COVID deal and, uh, maybe everybody's put on a few pounds cause they've just been sitting around eating, uh, doing a bunch of takeout, uh, you know, doing the social distance thing. We're going to talk a little bit of fitness with Brian Austin. Uh, Brian is a personal trainer who has also, uh, been instrumental in starting up the beast mode archery challenge, the beast mode games. And, um, So he's incorporating archery with uh, fitness. Um, So what they're doing is uh, simulated uh, meat packs. um, You know, lifting your pack, pack workouts, um, things like that. Um, And so we're going to talk to him today about kind of where to get started, kind of what what his idea of the hunter athlete uh, as he calls them is and uh, how we can uh, get better and get get training for our hunts that we've got coming up uh, this fall uh, but real quick um, one of the ways that we uh, fund the show is through our patreon so patreon is like a crowdfunding um, just an automatic deposit uh, withdrawal uh, donation tool, to the show. And for that, we, uh, try to provide extra content for our Patreons. Uh, but we do monthly, uh, we do actually quarterly giveaways of some larger items. And I've started, uh, to compile some things to do, uh, some monthly giveaways, you know, just to give back to really show how much I appreciate that. Um, so, uh, this, uh, this week we had one new patron, Anthony boast, uh, from Monticello, Minnesota. And, um, you know welcome you know thanks for thanks for signing up Anthony and you're uh, now eligible to win uh, this quarter's giveaway um, so for our quarterly giveaways, we give away big stuff. so we're giving away a trager Pro Wi-Fi 575 um, and we're actually giving away three different things, so we're going to split it up between three winners. That's the main prize. Um, we're also giving away one of those solo uh, packages from Tacticam. Um, so that I just mentioned and then from base map. We're also giving away one of their pro packs. So uh, Base Map is a GPS mapping uh, app for your phone. Uh, you can use it anywhere. Uh, if you're one of the pro members, you can download unlimited maps. You can make the map any size. Um, tons of layers, which has really helped us for uh, scouting for our elk trip that's coming up. And uh, along with that, they, they're they going to send you a package with a t-shirt and a hat and stuff like that. So um, we really appreciate them for doing that but um uh, as far as the monthly giveaway um i had during all this covid stuff and uh, you know i was fortunate enough that i was working through the whole thing so i contacted my buddy jason over at the bowl hunter box club and i said hey man i know this is probably uh, not a good time for you with everybody not having the expendable income so um I, I bought up a bunch of stuff, um, that he had left over from unsold boxes and things like that. And I just put together some packages. Um, it's got some, uh, and some, some, uh, you know, there's a, there's a deer call in there and, uh, some other stuff. Uh, but I drew that and that winner is Brandon Lee stone from North Carolina. So, uh, I'll be sending that out to you, Brandon, as well as, uh, a package for you, uh, Anthony, just saying, uh, you know, thanks for, thanks for signing up. So, With that, uh, with that giveaway, uh, right now we've got 48 eligible Patreons, So, you know, you have a 1 in 48 chance of winning that uh, that Traeger grill, and it's going to come, you know, right in the heat of grilling season, and everybody's going to be dying to get back back together. So, you know, the 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 donation, you know, helps out the show, helps out the cost, uh, you know, helps us uh, kind of fund, you know, more equipment, hunts, being able to travel, things like that, Um, fees, but you, you know, ninety-nine percent of that money goes right back into into doing these giveaways. You know, we're we're buying this stuff. Nobody's really giving us anything. Um, So, uh, but if if you want to check that out, you can check that out at uh, Patreon.com forward slash Bowhunter Chronicles podcast, or you can go on BowhunterChroniclesPodcast.com and check that out. Um, But if that's not for you no big deal. Uh, all that we ask is that you tell somebody about the show. Um, you know, we're, you know, as you can see from our patrons in Minnesota, North Carolina, uh, we've got them all over the the country and listeners all over the world. And, um, you know, if you're getting value from this or if you've taken anything away, um, or you think, man, these guys are idiots. You need to listen to them. Um, you know, just tell somebody else about the show that gets us in front of, uh, more people, and that really helps out. And then, if you really like the show, or you really hate the show, uh, either way, leave us a review. So click that five star, one star, two star, three star, uh, whatever it is. And then, if you you know, if you really want to, you know, we really appreciate it if you take the time to actually write out a, a, a review. Um, but I think you're gonna like this one. Uh, this one kind of falls right in the perfect time frame. Uh, Brian says that it's about 12 weeks before you can really cement a program in for, um, you know, getting it cemented into your regimen and, and to see the change and to, to actually uh, see the results that you're looking for. And it turns out that this is just about 12 weeks before uh, most of the elk seasons and definitely before any of the whitetail seasons. So, um, you know, if you've been sitting around during all this COVID and, and trying to figure out a way to get started or, or trying to figure out a way to, uh, you know, even if you do figure out if you need to start Um, you know, I think this is a pretty motivational podcast and I think you guys are all going to really love it. So, uh, really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the episode.
1: Hey
0: everybody, Adam and John back with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. John and I are actually in the studio together. Um, I think we are six feet apart, but Michigan has said that we can gather in small groups. We're so graciously... Allowed back to some semblance of normalcy. Thank you, (laughs) Dictator Whitmer. Um, Tonight on the phone, we've got uh, Brian from the Beast Mode Archery Archery Challenge um, and Get Fit with Brian. And we're going to talk a little bit about kind of like functional fitness, I guess. Um, You know, there's lots of guys out there trying to sell you stuff, trying to show off their big muscles and say that you need to buy this supplement or this uh this shirt that they'll send you a large and it's actually a small so you look really uh fit and uh you know Brian he he's put together some um some some training he does uh personal training and and things like that and uh if you, if you follow along with him on uh Instagram or any of the social medias he, you can see some of the workouts that he puts out there and uh it's all geared towards the hunter um so uh how are you doing tonight brian and, and can you give us a little introduction kind of a, about yourself and, and kind of what you've got going on
1: yeah you bet uh well first of all thanks for having me on uh on the podcast i i do appreciate it and uh i sometimes wonder why why people want to listen to me but uh hopefully i can give give your listeners something uh you know little tidbits of information that they can take and use uh this year to pre- prepare for this fall But just a little bit of a uh, background. Uh, I live here in Wisconsin, uh, born and raised. And uh, I've been in, uh, I guess I've been hunting all my life, uh, ever since, uh, you know, just a little bitty kid going out coon hunting and stuff with my parents. And um, uh, that would evolve to small game hunting, to to deer hunting, you know, basically, you name it, I've probably done it. Then I got into athletics and and uh, that kind of uh, directed me into my career path uh, through college. And that was, uh, you know, in the fitness world, uh, doing uh, personal training uh, primarily, uh, small small group classes, boot camp classes, stuff like that. So I've been uh, in the fitness industry now for uh, just about 20 years. Uh, so I've, I've seen a, a lot of different trends come and go. Um, and uh, different, uh, I guess, uh, methodologies of, of training, uh, but really it comes down to is just uh, putting in some, some hard work, eating right, and uh, being smart about it. So, but we can get more in depth about that as we get into this, but, but yeah, overall doing pretty well uh, coming out of this COVID uh, stuff. Um, I, I guess here in Wisconsin, we probably like you guys in Michigan, uh we have a very uh liberal governor that is uh just um uh, is in my opinion is being overly cautious uh and then on top of that, I live in Dane county, which is where Madison is and uh which is a very uh liberal county uh so they're trying to come up with their own rules and regulations to uh to control us and and keep uh us non essential workers um uh, not working it seems like so but we're coming out of that. We're in phase one right now. Uh, hopefully next Monday we, or next Tuesday, I think we can go into phase two. Uh, but uh, right now, uh, I start seeing clients again this past Tuesday. And uh, got my Hunter Fitness class going back uh, on that day. Uh, so just trying to stay stay as active and, and uh, uh, doing a lot of virtual training with my clients over Zoom uh and just trying to keep people uh, as active and healthy as possible through this time so
0: and so when we had, had first met you we we talked at ATA um John and I and then you and uh John and and you had another guy with you um yep. and um you know you have probably you know everybody's kind of taken some sort of a, a hardship from all of this stuff, or I'd say, you know, for the most part, there's been, you know, more people than not. Um, but you, you know, when we talked, you had a lot of things in, in progress, uh, for 2020. Um, and so what, what did you have planned? You know, what was the big idea for, you know, what, what you were doing, or maybe that was the centralized portion of your business for, for 2020. And then how have you had to adapt and, and, and that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, you bet. Well, in terms of uh, uh, my personal training business and my classes and stuff, uh, kind of what I call GFB Outdoors, um, that took a, a big hit. Uh, I think it was 10 weeks that I was unable to uh, to open my business or, or to, to do what I do for a living. Uh, I had to resort, like I said, to, to doing some virtual stuff, but it wasn't enough to... Uh, to obviously pay the bills and stuff for being closed for two and a half months uh and then for the beast mode archery challenge uh this all hit uh with the COVID. it hit the week before uh our last big indoor event which was going to be at vortex optics Uh, we had over 50 people signed up for that event which for for an indoor event that's that was a lot of people that was going to be our biggest event of the winter um so unfortunately the week before that we uh vortex uh closed their doors or said um i guess they didn't close their doors but they didn't want us coming in and doing the event there at their range which i i told they get it i respect that especially at that time you know none of us really knew what was going on with this with this virus and and how potent it was going to be and stuff like that so we had to cancel that event and then we had uh, another event Uh, that I canceled that was going to be in May and that was going to be the beast mode endurance, uh, archery challenge at Tyrell Basin. Uh, that was going to be a four uh, or eight hour event where people, um, would be doing completing laps, just doing as many laps as they could in that amount of time, uh, along with shooting targets and doing different types of challenges and stuff like that. Uh, so that event can't, we, we just canceled that one. Um cause I was right in the middle of, of everything. Uh, and then on June, uh, 21st coming up was supposed to be our beast mode games. Uh, but I've rescheduled that, uh, to July, uh, 18th is when that event is going to take place. So that event is still on. I've reshaped that event to, uh, uh, I guess have a little bit more of a, of an endurance standpoint, um and i guess to kind of give you an idea what the beast mode games was going to be like it was going to have uh different um i guess scenarios that you might encounter when you're hunting there is going to be a a a hoist uh challenge where you're going to have to hoist meat up just like if you're trying to hoist up your deer or you know your elk meat out in the mountains uh there is going to be a sled drag just again trying to Uh, simulate uh, dragging your deer out uh, and along with some other uh, challenges that we're going to simulate different things that you might encounter when hunting along with shooting and and all that other good stuff Uh, so I've I've re I've redesigned it now Uh, one just because of all this COVID stuff to eliminate any as much cross-contamination that we might encounter so there's not going to be any more. There's not going to be a hoist because that's something that people are going to have to be touching. Everybody's going to have to be touching that. So, so basically, the beast mode games now what what it's going to look like is it's going to start out with a about a four mile, give or take a little bit, course at Tyrol Basin that's going to be uh, very hilly. It's we're going to have about 1,200 feet of elevation gain and loss in that four miles. Uh, competitors will be carrying anywhere from 15 to 35 pounds in their bag or in their pack, depending on, uh, what division they're in. Uh, so that's going to take place first thing in the morning. Uh, and then, uh, around midday, there'll be a 20 target 3d course. And this 3d course is not like your typical 3d shoot that you'd probably go to, to your local, uh, archery club. Uh, we try to have real life scenarios for each target. So There might be one shot where it might be a 30 second hold, uh, another shot where you're drawing and shooting from your knees, or there might be a follow-up shot where you shoot one target and then you have 12 seconds to knock an arrow and get that second shot off, uh, on the second target. So simulating where maybe you shoot an animal and, um, you you know, rather if it was a lethal shot or not, it stops and it gives you an an opportunity for a follow-up shot. So, uh, Really all, all of these types of scenarios are to help us to practice and prepare for the fall and to get us ready for hunting season. Of course, it's, it's a competition. So there's, you know, it's a friendly competition. Uh, and, um, uh, it, it just helps for some people, even myself, it holds us more accountable to train and to prepare and, and to be ready for, for the fall. Uh, but back to uh, the event. So we have the, uh, what I call the Beast Course right away in the morning, the four mile Beast Course, and then uh, the 3D Course. And then late afternoon will be the Meat Pack. Uh, I haven't decided how long that's going to be, but obviously being at Tyro Basin, it's a ski hill here in uh, uh, south central Wisconsin uh, by Mount Horde. Uh, you know, it's got some pretty good slopes. It's, a, it's about, it's not a real tall climb, it's three, right around 300 feet but there's some really steep sections of it uh so that that evening or that late afternoon it'll be a heavy meat pack and again i'm not exactly for sure how that's going to look yet it might be where you have to uh, take a heavy load up to the top unload half it brace back down grab another sandbag get back up to the top Uh, or it might be a mile long again still trying to figure that out but those are the three sections of that event is, is a four-mile course, a 3D shoot, and then a heavy meat pack. Uh, depending on what happens with COVID between now and July 18th, uh, I might add some more things in there just uh, uh, depending on what our, our regulations and rules that we have to follow are. So So that's the, uh, that's the event in July. And then in August, uh, August 22nd, 23rd, uh, we're having a, a 3D shoot that I'm calling King of the Hill 3D, again, at Tyrol Basin. It's going to be a 40-target course that people can sign up for uh, to shoot on Saturday or Sunday or both days. Uh, and again, each target will have a, a different type of scenario that you can shoot. Or if you just want to come and shoot it for fun and and you don't care about... Uh, you know, the different scenarios I have at each target, that's fine too, because it's it's more of a, uh, of a fun thing to do. Uh, and also at that event, I'm going to have uh, a beast mode uh, course, a short course at that event that people can participate if they want. It's going to be a six target uh, challenge course where... Uh, You basically just traverse from one target to the the next, get your your shots off as quickly as possible and hustle back to the uh, finish line. Probably looking at being around maybe three to five minutes for somebody to complete that. So it's not going to be like a, like the beast mode games where that's something that you're for sure going to want to be training for and uh, be somewhat physically fit. Uh, This beast mode course at the three shoot in August is going to be, maybe something where you and your buddies just kind of want to challenge each other to see who can do it the fastest and who can make the most accurate shots while, you know, under pressure and your and with an elevated heart rate. So, so those are the two events we've gone, uh, we've had to cancel, cancel two events, uh, but uh, we're able to kind of consolidate and still make some things happen this summer. So.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean, like I said, when I when we were talking about it before and, and looking at those types of events uh that you had going on, you know, we talked at ATA and John says, There's no way. You know, I can't uh I can't do uh I can't do that. Uh, and it's it's really like intriguing to me. We talked a little bit before the podcast and I am not uh a self starter. So I don't I can't uh, work out at home. I'm I'm trying. And John, you know, where he I don't know. He just seems like one of these guys to me where it's like, I, I don't know. He's, he's a big guy. He's, he's kind of muscly, you know, but I guess I just always thought that that was just like his demeanor for, for an old guy. You know, he's just got that OMP, you know, that's what we call it when we were kids, that old man power. Like, oh yeah, don't mess with him. But it, John works out a lot at home.
2: Yeah. I mean, I have a full setup in my basement, <clears throat> you know, Free weights, rack. You know, I have the the power blocks, or whatever you call them, and then like elliptical and stuff. So I try to do. I don't. I don't really like the gym. I mean, I used to go to the gym, but I don't like the gym atmosphere. I don't want to go there and hang out. I don't want to wait for equipment. So I, you know, I like to just do it by myself. I'm just like with the podcast. I don't talk a lot. I don't like to socialize much. But so. Uh, doing it at, in the basement on my own. It, it is, you know, like when I would go to the gym, I would get there and i like, okay, now I got to work out. And so it would be kind of a motivator. Where if I get in my basement and I start thinking about, well, maybe I should, uh, well, the, my I need to work on my bow. You know, <laughs> I find excuses sometimes not to work out.
0: Well, and I think that that's what happens with me is that I, f- I find it a lot easier to cut the workout short. You know, right. like I'm a very... I do well on a, a much more regimented basis. So like if I go through the trouble and get up at four 30 in the morning and go to the gym and I know that I have to be to work, you know, at seven, then I'm I'm at the gym. I've got to do something with that, that huh. time. Right. And then for me, like I'm the weird guy that would rather run on the treadmill than run outside just because like, I know, um, I guess, again, it goes back to that, that regimented portion of it where the I, can, I know that I can start off slow, and if I'm not feeling it and I just want to be done running, I don't run less miles. I just run faster. Um, and I just turn the treadmill up to a speed that I know that I can do it. And it's like, if you want to get done, just run faster. <laughs> like, and, and I, you know... I, I don't do well with that outside because if I run faster then it's, it's completely, completely different. Like it takes me out of my rhythm and mindset and and everything. It's just, it's just an odd, an odd, odd thing. And so, you know, when I was going to the gym, you know, before they shut all this stuff down, you know, I was looking at some of Brian's workouts that he'd post like, oh, I do this, like a minute of this, a minute of this, a minute of this. And I'm like, this is bullshit. Like this is because, you know, like what you're talking about, John, and and it, it, don't let him fool you. I was trying to wait to see if he was like what he was going to disclose. But, you know, he, John's got a bad back and stuff like that. And he'll be like, I couldn't work out. I was just doing yoga. I've got all the <laughs> all these things. And he does a But, you know, so he, he does a bunch of stretching, a bunch of yoga, a bunch of, you know, stuff like that. But when we think about the gym and we think about that sort of stuff, it's the you know, barbells and, you know, and that, that's not really at all what you're doing, uh, Brian. So can you kind of elaborate on the way that you, um, for, for these games and, and like your, your training style when it comes to like the the hunting type uh, functional fitness type stuff?
1: Right. No, I'm with John. I mean, I don't look, I don't like going to a gym. I don't, I don't go to a gym. My, my training studio is a, is a small Eleven 1, hundred square foot private training studios that I see uh, clients one on one and in small groups. So I totally get and understand the mentality because that's uh, I just don't like that atmosphere myself either. Uh, some people do, uh, and more power to them. But uh, but I'm with John on that one. But but yeah, definitely. There's a time and place for all these different. Uh, uh, I guess tools and resources that we have you know for dumbbells for barbells for all that stuff but uh for the hunter athlete i guess if, if that's what you want to call us uh, we don't have these perfectly shaped things that we're grabbing out in the wilderness like a dumbbell like a barbell we have these awkward things you know a backpack that we're swinging over put on our shoulder we have a meat you know a, a 50 pound meat bag that's you know just kind of is dead weight. Uh, so we utilize a lot of sandbags to kind of replicate that type of of training or 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 what you might encounter when you're hunting. Uh, things of of different uh, shapes and sizes to grab a hold of so that it's not always a, like I said, a perfect weight uh, to to hang on to. So uh, a lot of a lot of body weight stuff, uh, I guess this this term functional fitness, uh, you, you could say it's it's that. It's doing exercises that that kind of replicate what you will be doing in the real world. So uh, instead of doing squats with barbells, we're doing walking lunges, or we're doing uh, lunges with a sandbag on one shoulder to offset uh, our I, I guess our equilibrium. our Our core is having to work more because you're weighted on one side, you're you're moving instead of st- uh, staying stationary. So th- there's a lot of, I guess, in-depth or, or technical aspects to our training of why we do it. Uh, what I run into with, with most of my people, they don't care why, why we're doing it. They just want to see the results. So I usually don't get too in-depth with uh, the methodology of of why we train and how we train. Uh, but it's it's a matter of, of being functional and just trying, like, if you're if you're trying to do this on your own, just think about the things that you encounter on a daily basis or think about how, uh, what your day is like when you're out in the mountains. Uh, how many times are you squatting down on the ground to, to get down to the ground, to, to sit, to glass, whatever it might be? How many times are you picking up your backpack? You know, train those motions instead of just doing uh, an exercise, I guess, uh, like a power clean. It's a great exercise. But you can use your backpack. You can use a sandbag and do that same motion. I mean, essentially, when you're picking up your backpack from the ground, depending on how you're putting it on, you're essentially kind of doing a, a, a squat into an upright row into a, almost a power clean type motion. Uh, but you're utilizing your pack. I mean, as hunters, we probably, almost all of us have a backpack. Some of us have packs that are more suited for Elk hunting and and for mountain hunting, some of us have backpacks that are more suited for whitetail hunting, but you can still use them. Throw it through on a, a sandbag and utilize that for your training instead of a, instead of dumbbells and barbells and stuff like that. So um, I don't know if that answered your question. I kind of got blabbing on there.
0: Well, no, I mean that that goes into the whole like thought process and and in uh, and methodology, um, you know. But you know, so you said the your your clients are, they just want results. They don't necessarily, when you're talking results, are you talking about like results as in like their physique or that they don't
1: like right suck on the mountain? Uh, For most of them, even for my clients that aren't hunters, the vast majority of my personal training clients are uh, just normal people that don't hunt. Uh, they're just looking to be active or uh, to get in better shape. Uh, they might be some type of professional that's behind a desk alive. so so most of my one-on-one stuff is is spent time helping those people be more active and be more healthier. But even in that uh, population uh, is not so much, I get, and maybe it's just the way that my business, the way that I've designed my business. I don't have too many clients that are, that are focused on, uh, you know, bodybuilding or physiques or, or looking good in a bikini or whatever, you know, that type of mentality. Most of my clients, and for sure, all of my hunter athlete clients that use, that, uh, come to my classes are just focused on, uh, being, um, uh, as efficient as they can while they're hunting or doing their daily activities. And with that, and and my philosophy is you focus on that, the weight's going to come off, you're going to start looking better, you're going to start feeling better, all of that is a positive byproduct to training for whatever it is that you're training for. And for most of these people, it's for it's for elk hunting in the mountains. So if you're doing the stuff that you need to be doing to be more efficient and more effective at that, the weight's going to come off. Like I said, you're going to get stronger. Your balance is going to get better. So you're just becoming a more, uh, all around healthier person. And, uh, I guess athlete, if you want to call them that, I mean, I think we we're all athletes. It just depends on what level of athletes we are.
0: And so I guess, what do you say? Or, I mean, I guess, you know, the, the, The climate of the hunting industry, social media, you know, the multi-million, billion-dollar hunting supplement industry, Um, you know, so I I guess what is your thoughts or or where do you – I don't know. Where, where do you fall for the, the white tail guy that says, well, you know, what do I need do that for? I've got a four wheeler and I've got a ladder stand and, you know, blah, blah, right. blah, you know, um, because there's just with anything. And, uh, you know, sometimes I think I feel like, you know, we live in a, an echo chamber of, of social media because the the computer algorithms are seeing what you look at and showing you the same thing over and over and over and over again. Um, so it just seems really hard to, to digest sometimes, but I mean, what's your take on, you know, so we've got listeners that are just strictly whitetail hunters. They say, you know, I'm not going to be, uh, uh, going out West. I, I don't see myself, um, you know, changing up my hunting style. Um, I'm, you know, I'm just here for the stories and the fun and, And, and all that, why do I need to be, why should should I be fit?
1: No, that's a very good point. And, you know, growing up here in Wisconsin, you know, I'm a, I'm a whitetail hunter. I mean, that's, that's primarily what I do. Uh, And I have family, I have friends uh, of all different ages and abilities uh, that whitetail hunt. And the, the biggest thing that we need to focus on as hunters is number one, just being healthy uh, you know, eating right and, and exercising and being active, because even though you might take your four wheeler and sit in your tree stand, uh, or right to your tree stand and you don't even walk, you still have to have, uh, some court, I shouldn't even say you, you have to, you really don't have to Adam. I mean, we all know people that are, that are probably morbidly obese, uh, that have no, uh, that haven't, trained in years and they still go hunting and are successful and yes that's true and more power to them but do you want to be able to enjoy hunting into your 70s 80s or maybe even into your 90s if you do then you need to start taking care of yourself when you're younger because otherwise you're going to be sitting back at camp wishing that you could go out to your tree stand but you're Hurts, or your shoulders are shot, or your belly is too big to, to climb up into a tree stand, so now you're forced to, to hunt in a blind, or whatever that might be. So, even just as whitetail hunters, we need to take care of ourselves for one, just to be healthy so that we can enjoy this sport long into our senior ages. Um, I think that's probably the most important thing. Uh, and secondly, it, it, is, it is also sitting in a tree stand all day takes takes physical and mental strength uh you know if you're if you're hunting in the rut archery hunting and it's cold out uh, if you haven't done any type of training to um make yourself uncomfortable during the off season that 20 degree first 20 degree weather in the tree stand you're going to be uncomfortable and give up probably a lot quicker than somebody who's maybe been uh, working out and has made themselves uncomfortable uh, and that in turn builds mental strength and uh, you're able to sit longer and endure that uh, just that mentality of of being uncomfortable
0: and so what recommendations you know you, you talked about everybody's got a pack everybody's got uh, you know the ability to f- to fill something with with sand um, I guess where would you uh, what exercises or how would you uh, direct someone to get started um, in a sense of, you know, when you were saying that, you know, where you want to be able to hunt deer, your 60s or 70s or, or whatever, you know, like I said, I'm not a self-starter. I'm not a, a super motivated guy. Now, you know, with our uh, elk hunting trip and stuff like that, like I've got a carrot out in front of me, but if I didn't right. have that carrot and I already said, you know, if if I'm one of the listeners or, you know, if, if, if you know somebody who let's say says, you know, Oh, well, you know, that makes a lot of sense, but I'm, I already feel like I'm going down the path where, I mean, especially, you know, John and I have already discussed it with this COVID crap, you know, we're becoming more and more lethargic, you know, we're, we're, we're already slacking off. Um, you know, these guys that say, well, I'm already on the path, you know, it's already hard for me to do these things. And now, I don't know where to start or I don't want to start or, you know, so, so what is a a good, you know, regimen for someone to start, um, you know, down this, this road, I guess.
1: Right. Well, I I think the number one reason why people hire me whether if they say this or not is basically as an accountability partner Uh, and something that I have learned over the years of, of training and especially in the last couple of years, more with, uh, my hunter fitness classes and, and, and bow hunters and, and bringing these people together and forming this community is it's, it's the community that people, most people are after, especially around, uh, bow hunting and hunting in general. It's that like-minded, um, uh, mentality that we all have that we get to come together and work out together and push each other, uh, all around the same goal of, again, being healthy, but then also being, uh, trying to set us up for success in the fall. So, uh, you know, it, obviously the listeners are probably, are, are probably hunters or, or they're looking at, at, at hunting. It, it's trying to find my number one tip, I guess, is try to find a buddy, uh, that will train with you or, uh, maybe you set some, uh, some challenges up if you can't train together, maybe you, you have a challenge where this week, Hey, let's try, let's try to get 15 miles of hiking in this week and see who the first person is that can, that can do that. Uh, so that's my first tip is, is to have somebody to hold you accountable and preferably somebody that you can train with, or, or at least do some of this stuff together with you. Uh, the second thing is, is start out, um, you know, set some realistic goals, but what are goals? You know, I'm not a big goal guy, uh, you know, it, for, for a person being in the, in the, uh, fitness industry, I, I'm really not like your typical trainer. I don't, I'm not like your typical fitness guy. You're going to see on Instagram. Uh, I, I don't fall into the whole goal thing. I, I do think that you need to have uh, some ideas in mind of where you want to get to. Otherwise, you're just kind of shooting from the hip and and uh, it's easy to slough off then. But uh, you, need to, you need to have some realistic uh, ideas. So if you've been sitting on the couch for the last year, uh, throwing on a 50-pound pack and going for a five-mile hike probably isn't very realistic. You could probably do it, but you might uh, overdo it and you might injure yourself and set you back even more. So the first thing to do is just start hiking, hiking or walking. Uh, start doing that. That's something you can do every day of the week. There's no reason why you can't get up earlier. If, if you think you're busier, get up earlier or stay up later and get it done because what you're trying to do right there is to, uh, form habits and to be and to start being consistent with something because consistency is the key doing something once a week or every other week or even just a couple times a week is not going to get you where you want to get to so again have a buddy or have an accountability person uh, and then start doing something even if it's as small as going for a a mile or a two-mile walk but be consistent with that and start engraving that habit into your lifestyle and then add on top of that you know that it could be something fairly quickly maybe a week or two weeks after you start walking uh, maybe then you throw on your pack, uh, or maybe then you, you find, a uh, uh, you know, it seems like everybody and their brother right now is a, is a fitness person on Instagram. Uh, you, you, you find something that you can, you know, that looks fun and, uh, and, uh, you follow along and, and you do it. Um, I have, uh, out on my YouTube channel, I have some, some videos, uh, that you can do with your backpack. Uh, I'm, I'm actually working on, uh, an app right now, uh, kind of a, an online portal, uh, that's going to, people can, uh, can pay a, a monthly membership and I'm going to have workout videos that people can watch. Uh, there's going to be a, a, a nutrition component that you can keep tra- track of your nutrition, uh, your own workouts. And then also, like I said before, that community aspect of it, there's going to be message boards uh, where people can, uh, Uh, can communicate with with each other and and set challenges with each other and just uh, again that accountability thing is is critical Uh, so that is something that's I'm working on I've been working on that over the this whole COVID thing and hopefully that's going to be ready to be uh, released uh, here in the next couple weeks so that's something that and that's specifically for uh, primarily for hunters Uh, for for bow hunters, gun hunters, whatever it might be. So that's something that I think there's other, um, uh, I guess, online training uh, programs out there. Uh, I would, you know, uh, I guess, encourage you to maybe seek out after some of those to see if if they're worthwhile. But again, um, all of that, it's all good intentions until you start doing something. so get the walking down, get an accountability person, and then start doing some resistance training. It doesn't have to be with dumbbells and barbells. Again, it could be with your backpack or a sandbag or body weight stuff. Do some push-ups, do some walking lunges, do some squats, some jump squats, uh, maybe some hill climbs, stuff to start stimulating those muscles uh, to help you get stronger because uh, something that, uh, you know, cardio is great for, tr- for trying to, to lose weight. Uh, but you need to uh, work those muscles and uh, and start building muscles to to make your body more more efficient uh, and and stronger uh, and then thirdly is is your eating habits uh, if you're talking about strictly losing weight or body composition, nutrition I really believe nutrition is eighty percent of the battle um, you can you can lose fat uh, just by you don't even have to exercise, really. It's just by tweaking your diet. Uh, obviously, if, if you're exercising, that's going to help and, and speed up the uh, results even quicker. But the the eating, uh you just got to control what you're putting in your mouth, man. I mean, it's it's I, I even have a hard time. I mean, I probably gained ten pounds since this whole COVID uh, crap because. You know, working with clients uh, in my studio, I'm up on my feet moving around and, and now I'm sitting behind a computer for six hours out of the day. So uh, usually on a day where I'd have five thousand steps by noon, I have five hundred steps by noon. Um, and then it's it's the you get in the habit of eating ice cream at night like I do. Right. Uh, or whatever that treat might be. Uh, you, again, it's it's those habits. You can be consistent with bad things. Uh, hopefully you're consistent with good things. But if you start eating ice cream every night or brownies or cookies, whatever it is, look at, what, look at the results you're going to have in two weeks. Look at the results you're going to have in a month, right? Uh, I mean, we've all been there. So just think if you're consistent with positive things, with good, healthy things, uh, you, we don't see that first two or three pounds we gain with ice cream, right? We don't also see that first two or three pounds we lose. So I understand that it's hard uh, to get started and that maybe you don't see those results right away, but, but they're there, they're coming. You just have to keep at it. Because um, I, I know, you know, from working with with people for for almost 20 years, it's that first 12 weeks is when people are going to fail because they don't see the results as quickly as they want to. And they don't give themselves that chance to, uh, you know, to keep pushing and and to keep working. And and again, it's that whole thing about being comfortable with the uncomfortable. Uh, So many of us don't like to be uncomfortable. And in order to train at the level that you need to train to see serious results, you have to feel, you know, your heart rate has to get up there. Those muscles have to burn. Your feet might hurt from hiking six, seven, eight, nine miles in a day, whatever that might be. You're going to be uncomfortable at some point. And if you're not uncomfortable, then you're not pushing yourself probably to the level that you need to in order to see the results that you want. So just, again, back to that starting out with walking a mile or two miles a day, you know, if that's comfortable, then step it up and keep stepping it up to the point where maybe uh, maybe now you're running or or you're, you're hiking with a heavier uh, weight in your pack or whatever it might be but you gotta, you gotta be uncomfortable a little bit to see the results. Just like with the nutrition, we, we don't, when we're trying to change our eating habits um, and cutting out the sweets or cutting out the breads or whatever it might be, uh, we don't like that. You know, that's an uncomfortable thing to, to be eating healthy foods most of the time. And I'm not saying you can't ever have ice cream. I mean, that's, the harder you train, sometimes you know, reward yourself with that stuff. But if you're a person that, that needs to lose fifty or hundred pounds, you probably shouldn't be eating that crap. Um, but it, yeah, Adam, yeah. I think I'm starting to blab on. So so, just tell me the direction. I'm I'm getting up on my soapbox <laughs> right now.
0: <laughs> no, it's fine because I think that that's you know that's what everybody wants to hear. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here, um, you know, thinking about like, okay, so is that 12 weeks like the magic number? Is that, is that like what it takes to cement a regimen or is that what it takes to see uh tangible uh, measurable results? I mean, you said, you know, you know, 12 weeks. So I'm thinking like, okay, so where does that put us three months from now? Well, that's right about September 1st, you know, we're going out West, you know, I I'm trying to, I'm trying to, to think through that. And I'm I'm thinking through like, you know, where, where I'm comfortable, what I, what I do, you know?
1: Right. Well, and that 12 weeks. So you will see most people will will see an increase in performance within four weeks. It's the, some people just don't see uh, maybe, you know, your waist going down in size or more of your body composition, Sometimes uh, for some people, it takes 12 weeks before they really start seeing that change in the mirror. Uh, So I guess when we're talking about this, it's just kind of a general statement. Uh, But in terms of performance, you're going to start seeing performance probably within the first few weeks. You're going to notice an increase in endurance, increase in strength and stamina. Uh, But in terms of body composition, uh, again, some people, it just takes longer. It's. and sometimes it's people that are heavier set. They just don't see that weight coming off at first, but it's there. And a lot of times, uh, you know, people that are are weighing themselves every day, which I'm not a big fan of that. um, You're gaining muscle mass uh, and you're losing body fat. Uh, You're probably losing body fat faster than what you're gaining muscle mass, but you might be retaining more water because you're exercising. And as you tear your muscles apart, which is what you do when you work out your muscles retain a little bit more water to help aid in the healing process. So sometimes people do retain a little bit more water when they start uh, working out uh, or start with a strength training program. So that's something that people need to be aware of too uh, is that I've seen a lot of people where they actually gain weight in the first month uh, just because their body's kind of going haywire with, with what they've totally changed from sitting on the couch to now walking or hiking or running and, and and strength training three to four times a week. uh, Your body needs time to adapt to some of that stuff. So that's why I like to tell people, give it 12 weeks. So your body has a chance to kind of work some things out. uh, So you can start really seeing the improvements in your performance and your, like in your endurance and stuff. And hopefully by then, you you know, you might be a, a, a pant size or two smaller, depending on where you're starting from uh, and things like that. But, uh, I guess, Adam, the one thing that we didn't, you, you kind of asked me and I, I forgot to touch on is, is the supplements and, and I guess more of the supplement, uh, standpoint. And I'm a, I'm a person, I have supplements. I don't, it depends on what I'm doing. If I'm training really hard for something, I will take, uh, maybe protein shakes or meal replacements, depending on what my, my daily schedule is like, Uh, i'll take multivitamins um you know there's all kinds of different things that you can take and none of that stuff at least this is what i tell my clients on none of that stuff is stuff that you should be having the mindset that that's something you're going to take every day for the rest of your life there's times when you're training harder there's times when you're not training as much there's Uh, You know, sitting in a tree stand is a lot different than 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 hiking the mountains after elk. So there's different things that you can take for different uh, levels of activity, uh, different levels of stress that your body is under, either through uh, exercise or or mental stress from work, stuff like that. So so I'm not like a I'm not like a one size fits all on the on the whole supplement stuff. I think there is a time and place for it. Uh, and it's not something that that people need to take every day uh, for the rest of their lives, I guess.
0: Well, I think that, I mean, gives credibility. I mean, like to be honest with you, because, you know, there's so many people that would say like, oh, yeah, this is the greatest thing or this is, you know, to 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 be that, I guess, transparent and say, yeah, it's not not for everybody. And it's not every day. It's not going to you know, be the, the, the the end all be all. Now, uh, as far as, um, like, uh, a regimen, you know, uh, you had said that you can, you know, walk or hike or, or or whatever every day. I mean, what do you say for, you know, so like, so for us getting ready to go out, uh, elk hunting, right. And we're moderately active. We've been out West before, you know, we work out, here and there at this point um (laughs) yeah um i guess like weekly you know you know some people are you know three days a week and then rest day or you know six days a week Uh, what is a uh you know whether you're starting out from square one or you know just trying to get back into getting ready to head out west if, if you're if you're doing that you know right how many days a week
1: type well, that, that's a, <laughs> this is another good question because, uh, most people in the fitness industry are going to be like, you know, you need to do it this many days a week or the, and it's set in stone, but on, it's not, everybody is so different. Uh, everybody recovers different, uh, depending on our age and, and again, our nutrition, uh, how healthy we're eating will help with how fast we're, we are recovering. Um, so really it, it's really different. Um, but in a, A general rule, I would say you should probably be hiking at least three days a week, uh, at least three days. And one day I would focus on, uh, maybe a pack weight where it's, it's like your day pack weight, uh, 20, 25 pounds. And, uh, and you're trying to maybe hustle along a little bit. Uh, and again, it's, it's not. So the other thing that's tough when I'm prescribing workouts is, when you're prescribing them for duration, meaning how long should you be doing that versus how many miles should you be doing that? Because where you live is probably a different topography than where I live. And, you know, obviously somebody in the mountains is going to have a lot, totally different topography. So uh, distance is all relative, uh, but duration really isn't. So I would say you should have a, a, a hike. And again, this is let's say somebody like yourself that that you've been exercising a little bit here and there you're not totally out of shape but you're not probably in the best shape of your life right Mm -hmm. so i would start out with that 20 to 25 pound pack and i would be hiking at least 90 minutes to two hours at a good clip uh you know you can stop and take a breather here and there uh but try to try to sustain that hike for 90 minutes to two hours uh so that your legs uh, start to because really w- what we're trying to do is is we're trying to have our muscles and our cardiovascular system adapt to that stress. Uh, so sometimes when people go out for when they go out for a hike, it's more of a social hike and they're taking too many breaks. Uh, so you're not allowing your body to build up that stress and, and for it to adapt to it because there's just too much rest time Now for somebody that's out of shape they might need that and that's okay uh you know their body is going to adjust to that but if you're if you're taking too many breaks when you don't need to take breaks then uh you're not going to really improve on your performance so one day where it's a, a 90 minute to two hour you know light pack hike, hike uh another day where uh maybe it's a a weight that simulates your. It, let's say you're going for a 10-day backcountry hunt, and you're packing in everything that you need. Uh, so your pack is going to be is, is going to probably be 60 pounds, uh, give or take a little bit. It might even be pushing 70 pounds. So let's try to get a a pack hike in. Maybe start out for an hour with 60 to 70 pounds, um, and see how you feel. And if that felt okay, then bump that up uh, to maybe from an hour to to an hour and a quarter and then up to an hour and a half, eventually to where maybe you're doing it for two hours. I I don't really recommend anything too much longer than two hours, unless if you're training for uh, like the beast mode endurance event that we're going to have, where it's going to be a four or eight hour long event. Because usually there's not too many times in the mountains that you're going to be hiking straight for two hours. Even when you're packing in, you're probably going to take a break every every hour to an hour and a half uh to rest a little bit so uh and then the a third day where you're going heavy and maybe this is a, a day that you only do every other week uh to simulate uh you know let's say you know hopefully you're successful and you get an elk on the ground and you got to pack that thing out so i would maybe start with with 80 pounds uh, 80 to 100 pounds because we're doing a couple things here with that heavy weight yes, we're training our body, uh, to get stronger. Uh, but we're also training our gear to see how it handles with that much weight. Um, everything feels different. You know, your boots are going to feel different. Uh, your ankle stability is going to be different. Uh, how you, when you step over things that is totally different, uh, you know, stepping over something and trying to gain your balance and all that kind of good stuff, but you're testing out your pack to see how, uh, how you should have that thing packed. You know, if you have that 100 pounds and it's mostly sitting down towards your butt, well, you're going to feel like you have a grill on your back because it's not up high enough. Uh, so we're testing out gear as well as we're training our body when we're doing these hikes. Uh, and again, maybe that's something that uh, for you, maybe that's something that you would do every other week because you haven't probably been doing that uh, that much or maybe even at all. Um, and then cycle through that. So, uh, you know, you have a light pack day, a medium pack day and a heavy pack day, and then, uh, maybe rest a day and you do it again, or, or that rest, that could be an active rest day. Maybe instead of a, a pack hike, you're just out there for a walk, uh, you know, you take your dogs out or something like that, but you're still doing something. Okay. There really shouldn't be for people that, you know, it's again, what is it? 12 to 14, 15 weeks before we're heading out in September. I mean this is the time that you really need to be start training and, and doing something. Again, you can go out there and not train at all. Uh, but is it going to be very, uh, is it going to be fun for you? And are you going to be able to hunt to your full potential? Probably not. So that 12 weeks out, I really like to have six 16 weeks to really train somebody to get them in tip top shape for hunting season. But for sure, 12 weeks is when you need to be, uh, training specifically for the type of uh, environment that you're going to be in. Um, Along with the the hiking, uh, you know, start doing some pushups. Maybe on that light pack day uh, when you have 20 to 30 pounds in your pack, every mile you drop down or every half mile you drop down, you do 20 pushups with that pack on your back. Uh, Maybe every half mile you stop and you do, uh, 20 or 40 walking lunges or, or let's say 40 squats with that pack on your back. Uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, every time you have to stop and go to the bathroom, uh, you take that pack off and you do 20 shoulder presses, you know, raising up over your head. So there's ways to get your strength training in the same time that you're doing your hikes. Uh, so you can get, you know, kind of kill two birds with one stone there. The hike doesn't necessarily just have to be the hike. You can, uh, you know, change it up a little bit and do some resistance stuff with your backpack. Uh, or depending on how you have your pack trained or, or your, how you have your pack packed, uh, you take your sandbag out. I use the brute force sandbags. Uh, and you do maybe at the halfway mark, if you're going out and back, maybe at the halfway mark there, you you take your sandbag out and you do some burpee squat presses or you do some one-arm rows with that sandbag or Uh, You do some core stuff with it, and then you throw it back on your pack, and you're hustling back to the back to the truck. Uh, So there's a lot of different ideas and a lot of different things that you can do. It's just uh, for me, it's it's coming up with something. uh, If you want to call it fun, it's something fun to do, or or it's different to do than just uh, than just hiking. Uh, And and variety, you know, it's it's coming up with a variety of stuff. There's a fine line between. Too much variety and then, uh, and not enough. You know, if we have too much variety, then our body isn't sometimes able to adapt to uh, to that stress or that workload uh, because we're just constantly changing it up. Uh, and so it, it's a positive it's a positive and negative there. You, you have to be able to do something for a while to be able to measure success because if you're constantly changing something up and you don't know if you're getting better at that because you're always changing it. So you have to be the judge of that um, in terms of how you how you measure success. Everybody measures success a little different. Uh, you know, is it how fast you can you can do your your five mile trail with thirty pounds? Is beating that time every time is that success to you? Is it is is it losing you know three inches around the waist is that success? So you kind of have to maybe going back to the you know, those tips, maybe that's something you have to be honest with yourself. And, and, and how am I going to measure success? What exactly am I after here? Am I after being more effective in the mountains or is, you know, having my, my, my dad bod, is that something that's, that's bothering me? Uh, You know, so, so just be honest with with yourself and figure out what, what exactly is going to motivate you to get your butt in gear every day.
0: So. Yeah, that, um, well, you know, there's a, there's a lot there. That sounds like you're saying fun things. That sounds like a lot of type two fun, or <laughs> we have different ideas of what fun is, but, uh, <laughs> but it, it sounds like we kind of hit this podcast right on the, the right time. Cause this is like the, the precipice of, you know, where we need to be kick it in gear and uh, you know john and i are you know over here like kind of like glancing back and forth at each other when you're talking about pack weights and the hikes and the times and stuff like that because i mean you know we were doing some pack hikes before we went out the last time and we how long was that hike that we did probably
2: it's close to three miles But but it's the time oh we did it in like an hour and a half yeah
0: so we did an hour and a half hike and John's like, I'm going to do 40 pounds in my pack. And I said, I'm going to do it with 60. And uh, I don't know how high that.
2: Well, it's over, like, when we do the – it's over 500 foot of elevation change. And it's – um, we have the, the big sand dunes here in Muskegon. And so we climb up mm-hmm. the face of the sand dunes with those packs. And that, it's like two steps forward, one step back. I mean, or or even – I mean, it's <laughs> it is – a major workout for me, and, and like doing it without a pack on, it still you know sucks. Sucks. And then when Adam's like, let's go do it, you know, with our weight. And when he said sixty, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> good luck with well, that, buddy.
1: <laughs> well, that's that sand is tough. I mean, that's like walking through powdery snow. You know, up up a steep, you know, hillside with with uh, two feet of of powdered snow, and you're slipping and sliding and and your boots are heavy because you got snow on there. I mean, sand is, that's, uh, that's no joke. So that's, and again, the, the, like I mentioned, you, you have to be smart about this. And, and, you know, if you're walking for that long in sand, maybe you go lighter or, or you, you expect your pace to be slower because of that. So.
0: Oh, John was definitely ahead of me going up that I was taking a bunch of breaks, but you know, my, I mean, John, you can probably attest to this, but my, my pack hike speed is pretty pretty good clip.
2: Yeah, a normal ground. <laughs> it's like when we we're out in Idaho, it's like, dude, we're not racing right now. We don't need to get there <clears throat> that fast. <laughs> but right. but then when it came to like the steep shit, then it was a little bit different. And Adam was I'm like, Hey, you gonna make it or what, you coming? Yeah.
0: Yep and right. and 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 that's you know knowing you know what I know now but you know when you're talking about training your different uh uh like your core and for those different movements I mean you know our listeners have heard it or if we got new listeners that haven't when we were in Idaho the 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 deadfall was like just you un- unbelievable and the amount of twisting and turning it up and down. And it was just absolutely miserable. And so when you were talking about the different types of training, you know, I've thought for sure you were going to say like the mental side of it, just to know that you can finish it. And I think, you know, for me with the, having the, my like military background, having a heavy pack is, is that is the comfortable portion to me is that like, my mind like i know that i can do it whether you know when i was 18 and in the best shape of my life or or now at you know 38 39 it's just i know that i'm capable of doing it you know and i know what it feels like and i know what it feels like to be uncomfortable like
1: <laughs> right well and you brought something up that uh, is a good point and, and that is training get off pavement even get off of your bike paths, get off of of your hiking trails. Uh I mean Michigan's got a lot of public land, Wisconsin here we have a lot of public land. You find your public land and you just freestyle it. You know, you walk through the woods with that weight on because like you said, you have uh, deadfall out west, you know, Idaho, Colorado, there's a lot of deadfall that you're having to step over, you're having to to, to crouch under, maybe even crawl under deadfall. Uh so you got to train for that stuff, especially, uh, with that heavy pack, you know, cause usually you're going to kill that elk in a, in an inconvenient place and you're going to have a heavy load on your back and you've never, you've never taken a step off of a, off of a log or a rock or you've, or you never stepped over a deadfall with that heavy weight on there. And, you know, for sure have trekking poles, trekking poles are going to save your knees. They're, they're going to save your back. Um, uh, Again, just kind of building on, you know, the the training uh, with that heavy weight, but you're also testing out your gear and training your gear at the same time is, is important.
0: Yeah. And I don't know how you miss that, John. Like, so I, I just got a, a set of new boots based upon John's equipment shortcomings <laughs> when we, when we were out, out there and, you know, you hiked all over in your boots, but. It just, when you got out there, it was just a whole nother.
2: Yeah. Well, like what happened with me out there is, I mean, we did like over a hundred and, you know, I think it was 106 or 107 miles in eight days on the GPS. And so, I mean, we would get up in the morning and we'd be going for 12, 14 hours a day, just steady. And, you know, get back to the, and when we come back the mountain, come back down the mountain, in the evening my legs were so fatigued and my ankles were so weak that any little like stone or rock or off you know can't i would twist my ankle or roll it because I was wearing those boots well i had the i had the crispy Thors which are awesome boot lightweight you know we're out there early season but my ankles weren't strong enough for it they didn't have enough support it's when so I was fatigued
0: so, I'm thinking that that's what he's talking about with doing that two or three hour hike where it seems a little bit daunting, but not you're not letting your body break down to the point where right. you're right you're really fatigued.
1: right because, because kind of like what you're saying here is let's say if you, if you went out and hiked a training hike for two to three hours and you're you're trying to go at a good clip uh, with as little breaks as possible. You're basically simulating what a 10 to 12 hour day in the mountains would be like, because you're you're not going to be walking that fast out in the mountains most of the time when you're hunting right. hunting elk. But you're trying to break your body down in that two to three hours as if you were hiking or hunting for 12 hours out in the mountains, uh, so that you can start building up those uh, adaptations in your in your not only in your muscles but in your ligaments and your tendons. Uh, you know, and all your soft tissue that, that goes along with that. So,
0: yep. And so what, do you have any, uh, big hunts coming up this year? Any, any trips?
1: Uh, yeah. So this year, um, uh, my buddy Mike and I, uh, we will hopefully find out what is today. Today Today's May 31st. Uh, Colorado comes out with their draw results here between June 1st and 5th, I believe. So we'll be going to Colorado. Uh rather it's gonna be over the counter if we're lucky enough to, to draw uh a unit that we put in for. So so we'll be heading to um uh, to Colorado this year uh for elk. And then uh, again just Wisconsin here for whitetail. Um uh, come uh probably more like October, November, probably for that. So but yeah, I'm looking for I've been this will be my fifth year elk hunting and uh uh, the first time I went elk hunting, uh, I was uh, addicted the first uh, the first night out. So <laughs> hearing those things and and just being out there in that type of uh, environment, it's really to me it's more about the adventure. You know, just the travel, getting there, uh, the hike, uh, being in the mountains, um, just uh, taking all that in. Obviously, I want to kill an elk and, and see elk and hear elk and all that stuff, but it's just cool to be out there. And I think that's something that, you know, you hear people that live out there and you hear these different podcasts and stuff about people talking about the different ways to hunt elk and, and back country versus hunting from your truck, stuff like that. You know, for us guys here in the Midwest, yeah, I mean, we want to kill stuff, but it's also about just being out there too, at least for me and, and most of the people that I know here uh, it, it's just taking all that in uh, and enjoying that, that, uh, that opportunity that we have. So,
2: yeah, that's basically like, I mean, comes down to what you're, you're training is if, if you train good, you know, if you, you know, do your due diligence and get your workouts in, it's only going to make your experience out there better.
1: Right. Exactly. And, uh, I guess Adam, we didn't touch on, I kind of started blabbing about, uh, hiking and stuff, but, uh, you definitely need to train uh, uh, doing some higher intensity exercises uh, and whatever that's all that's relative for everybody uh, along with shooting your bow uh, because when it comes down to it, we're there to kill an animal. Uh, and uh, if uh, odds are, if you're hunting elk, your heart rate's going to be super elevated because of the adrenaline. Plus because you've, you probably just climbed or, or, you know, some, some a a major uh elevation change and your heart rate's going sweaty your 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 bow arm your bow hand is sweaty your sweat's dripping off your nose your so your anchor point's going to be different uh one foot's probably going to be a foot higher or two foot higher than the other foot because you're on an incline uh you gotta practice that stuff uh you know these uh, you know I get shooting, sighting in your bow, having perfect conditions, flat surfaces, making sure your bow is on. Once you have that sighted in uh, and obviously doing some, you know, practice drills and stuff, uh, you know, on your targets like that is important. But you got to spend time shooting from your knees. Uh, You got to spend time uh, maybe drawing from your knees uh, and stand and and shoot or twisting, you know, all these uh unconventional ways to shoot your bow that's what we encounter when we're hunting elk uh so you got to practice that stuff yeah
2: for the most part you're not gonna be walking down the trail and have an elk stand there shoot it perfectly have it die on the trail that way you can just go over there cut it up pack it out on a perfect (laughs) you know
0: (laughs) well it seems like all those things that you just outlined uh have been my my turkey season uh in a nutshell <laughs> i mean today was the last day and i was I, I think everything has been like in my mind like because we've got we're doing this podcast today but like i so uh, earlier in the podcast that'll come out before this one we talked about it a little bit on the previous podcast but I, you know so i drew my bow on my stomach laying on my stomach uh <laughs> on, at one point and shot from my knees uh but nice. to, but today I belly crawled about 200 yards, like you know, flat, and I was paying attention to how my feet were coming up because that John yeah. videoed me on the other one. But I was thinking, like, my heart rate was up, and I was all wet from the dew and everything, and I was like, I was sweating, and I'm like, yeah. I'm just fat and lazy. Like, I should. This should not be that. I'm like, is this is this supposed to be difficult? Like, I mean, you know, I but. And I, You know, again, there was adrenaline because like, I, you know, the turkeys were still there and I was, you know, I got as far as I could get and I just, it didn't work out, but I was just going, man. And then today, like I said, I haven't been doing much working out or anything, but I moved 12 bags of mulch and five <laughs> bags of potting soil and 50 mm-hmm. pounds of pellets. I'm just going back and forth with all this stuff and it was on one shoulder and then the other shoulder and I could definitely feel it in my core. So I'm thinking like all right, maybe I'm not as fat and out of shape as I thought I was when I was belly crawling on those turkeys. Jeez. What well, it, it sounds like you need to be a
1: landscaper, <laughs> then you then you, then take care of it for you.
0: I think I need to hire a landscaper.
1: <laughs> uh, Landscape <laughs> or a roofer is another good one that would be a good Yeah.
2: Going up Hot angles and side <laughs> hilling and carrying. But, heavy but
1: shoes. you, you gave me a good idea for for uh, one of the target scenarios, Adam. I think uh, for a turkey, it's going to be a, a a belly crawl. Let's say a twenty yard belly crawl, and then uh, you got to get on your knees and make that shot, and maybe have it even be timed, where you have to do that in sixty seconds to <laughs> to make that happen. So that's oh, yeah. a, that's a good idea. Yeah,
0: I mean. I've done it twice now, <laughs> so right. uh, it can, it's, it's not as easy as you'd think. Right. <laughs> and if it was unknown range with a real, uh, animal, that'd be uh, even better.
1: <laughs> you bet. Yeah. Not, not all the shots, not all the targets at my, uh, my events are most of them. You can use a rangefinder because of most, uh, hunting scenarios, you know, when you're hunting, you can use them, but not all of them. Not, uh, sometimes they catch you off guard, don't they?
0: Well, that scenario was just—I had it set for one thing, and the opportunity presented itself as the animal was going away. So, you know, mm. what are you going to do?
2: That's why I say multi, multiple pins <laughs> Well, yeah. instead of a single pin site. But jo- I appreciate I that. Speaks, to you <laughs> <laughs> but with that, what uh, one of the questions I always ask is, what What's your equipment? What bow are you shooting? What arrows?
1: Sure, uh, uh, HHA single pin, John. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, i I've tried the multi pin, but uh, uh, being colorblind and with astigmatism in my right eye, uh, I can't do multi pins. I just uh, everything blurs together, and uh, yeah, it's just not uh, not for me. So single pin. Um, I'm shooting the Matthews uh, verdicts. Uh, got that last year. Uh, let's see strings, uh, specialty strings, uh, out of lacrosse. That's Anthony Schmidt that went to lacrosse archery. Uh, some of the best custom uh, strings you can get. Um, let's see. I have a hamski, uh, rest. I don't know what, what rest it is, but it's one of the hamskis, uh, Carter release, uh, the quickie that release I've had now for 12 years, just a good old wrist release. So, uh, Shooting uh, about 80 pounds, uh, 75-pound mods, a couple of twists of the string to get just about 80 pounds. Uh, Arrows are – I'm shooting Grizzly Sticks. Uh, They are the Grizzly Stick 240s. Total arrow weight is 666 grains with about 20% front of center. Uh, 125-grain Kudu points are my broadheads. So – but uh, I'm looking to switch over to the vector uh, arrows, vector custom shop. They're a sponsor of ours. But I have a arm and a leg invested into my grizzly stick, so. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know. Well, it sounds like a, a really good setup. So.
1: Yeah, I've gone to the to the heavier arrow. Uh, not I was I shot 3D competitive the 3D for a long, long time. Uh, so I was always trying to get the fastest arrow. You know, being right at IBO. Uh, and uh, i just don't shoot 3d that much and now you know in the last five years most of your 3d shoots uh, you can use range finders Uh, back in the day you had to judge everything so uh, faster the better for that Uh, but now realistically uh, most of your kill shots are going to be 25 yards and less so uh, and uh, i tested out some arrows and you know from a 450 grain arrow to 666 grain arrow uh your twenty yard pin is almost uh, identical. It doesn't really start dropping until about twenty-five to thirty yards. So
0: right. but and so your I, I I mean, I, I guess I would say compared to John, your your height difference is, is quite a bit. How long are those arrows? What's your we have John with?
1: John's what, probably six inches shorter than me. So <laughs> 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 uh uh my arrows are twenty seven inches long. Yeah, so that's a that's a heavy arrow for
2: Right. X. Yeah, mine are mine are like five sixty, but they're almost thirty inches. Mine are twenty nine three quarters.
0: And those are the ones you're shooting under the new bow?
2: No, the new bow those are well, yeah, those are five sixty. Those are the three hundreds with the seventy five grains of brass up front. So Okay. But those, I'm going to end up going with the the new bow. I only have 60-pound limbs on it right now. 80-pound limbs hopefully are on their way. But with the 60-pound limbs, I'm just going to go with an Axis 340, 50 grains of brass up front. Just a little bit lighter so I can get a little more distance. Right now, I have my pin maxed out, and I can only hit like 105 yards. Which, when I say only, I mean it's still a long ass shot. But
1: like, no, I, I I'm with you there, John, because that's that's something I'm struggling with. Because I've gone from, you know, shooting 330 feet a second to 245, and uh, you know, I, I've shot, I I've gone to a lot of the uh, total archery challenges, and I enjoy shooting that those hundred plus yard shots. But right. Uh, but right now, uh, I can probably only get maybe. 75 i haven't tried 80 because it looks like i'm going to shoot through my my sight <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so um but uh, it, it's one of those things where you just kind of have to be like well is it is it worth shooting that for fun or do i want to have an arrow that's hopefully a little bit more deadlier when it comes to alconning so
2: right
1: well i think the beauty of that
0: those hha sites is do you have one where you can switch out the the ring
1: because you could just build another set of arrows i do for fun. yes yeah yep i do and that, and that is an option yes because not all my grizzly sticks weigh that much i have uh some set up at five uh 525 or 550 and, and i can i can shoot out past 100 with those so yeah
0: john's That's over it. here telling me today what's well, my sight only goes to 105 and a half and I was popping water balloons at 105. I went, uh, what?
1: Four for five or something. (laughs) Jesus. It's, it's, it's fun shooting at that distance. Isn't it John to see that arrow? And, and, uh, I tell you what, it makes, uh, it makes those 20 and 30 yard shots, uh, like chip chip shots. You can hold so much more steadier when you're practicing those, those long distance shots.
2: Yeah. It's that's, you know, that's what I always preach is, I mean, if you shoot out to the range that you're comfortable with, you know, and safe, but that just makes like the kill shot like at 25 or 30 just seem, you know, like a no brainer. Just everything comes in and you can just right. put it right where you need to.
1: <laughs> well, and, and it uh, dials in your form too because at that yardage, you know, everything is, is magnified.
2: Exactly. Uh,
1: so you can really see how... Uh, you know, if you're torquing the bow or, or pushing, you know, pushing your nose or your anchor point too much into your string, you know, all that stuff, uh, you can learn a lot about your form shooting at that distance.
2: That, and also like, you know, Adam's switched over to the, the silver back or, you know, a back tension release and you gotta just be able to be comfortable with that pin float and that, you know, at that, at that distance it seems like it's just like i'm off the target you know and when you're actually holding pretty steady but then when it breaks and it's just you hear it go off then you hear snap when it hits the bag like man it found its spot and so that's one of the things that i mean it definitely helped me a lot you know with getting comfortable with that letting that pin float just focusing on the target
1: Right. So, so, do do you guys shoot with both your eyes open or just your uh, just your dominant eye?
2: I shoot with both eyes open.
1: I cool. shoot with,
0: uh, I cheat the the second eye open because I have a problem with the pins moving back and forth. Like uh, my I, like it's almost like I have like a dual dominant, dominant. <laughs> eye and like another one that's pretty like a you know right. a B plus. You know? Right.
2: It sometimes it depends on you know what the light is and everything. I'll squint, you yep. know, my left eye a little bit.
0: I'll blink my left eye and make sure <laughs> that I'm on the right pin and and everything. Right. But it's just all about the one thing I've learned from from John and like you know this this whole thing is like it's like you have to have a process. And you have to do it every time. So when you say that, like, I don't even like that, which I'm looking through or whether I close my eye or not, it's not in my process. It's not in my checklist. So I had to like, think about it. <laughs> right. Right.
1: Yeah. I've been, I've been trying to, to shoot with my left eye open, but, uh, I'm, I have a hard time. My, my vision and my stigmatism, my right eye is getting worse. So I'm trying to use my left eye to, to help out, but it just, uh, they kind of fight each other. So. Yeah, I just have to suck it up and wear contacts, but I hate wearing them.
2: Yeah. Yeah, my my right eye has been. I mean, I seemed like I turned forty five last fall, and it was like a light switch went off, and all of a sudden my right eye was just getting worse and worse. Now I can't even. Now I gotta have cheaters just to look at my phone and be able to read with my right eye. I'm like, come on, why couldn't it have been my left? You know.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: <laughs> but.
1: Oh man. Well, Brian, so I, I I guess the big question, guys, is: Are we going to see you uh, in July? Uh, well, I, you know,
0: <laughs> I would. I'm kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm putting you on the spot. I know. I would. Been, I've been I've been really trying to think about if I can if I can make it happen. I the the problem again. I'm not like a self starter, and I love having something like that for accountability. But the thing is, is like, it, what's what's odd about it is i i feel the same way about that as i do about uh like shooting um an archery competition you know because i felt like when we shot like we shot our first archery competition uh you know right before this whole thing shut down it was like literally like the first couple days of that and um it was not at all what I expected. Like, I I was very intimidated going in there, and you see all yeah. the, like, hunting, you know. I just had my hunting bow, and there's, you know, guys with all sorts of shit on their bows and, like, right. jerseys and all sorts of crap. And, like, I'm spraying the target, like. But the guy next to me, you know, who's one of our listeners now, uh, and he's a, one of our patrons and stuff. You know, he was just got his new bow, and he was getting it dialed in, and, you know, me and him were just shooting all over the frickin' target. <laughs> so it was, it was, you know, I, it it took the, the edge off, but like, I think it's like kind of intimidating, um, you know, that, that sort of thing. Cause like, even when I was asking you before, like in January was like, you know, what kind of, you know, how do you train for this? Or like, what, um, are you gonna, you know, what do you need to do? And you're like, well, I haven't got it figured out yet. And it's like, well, what the hell, man? Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> come on out and, and train for something that you know I don't even know what's going to be. But it's gonna, damn it, it's going to be type 2 fun. and We're going to be puking and sweating. It's going to be wonderful. There, that sums it up right there. That's perfect. Yeah, be prepared for the unknown. Well, and we, you know, I've got, you know, friends and, you know, our, our Patreons, uh, a few of them that are like, you talk about like the beast mode archery challenge. Like these guys are monsters. Like they were, you know, one, two and, and trained to hunt, like, you know, you know, mm-hmm. qualifying for nationals and, and all of that. I mean, just straight up monsters in, in doing this stuff with the sandbags or running or, you know, any of that stuff. And it's just like, my God, like my fat ass is going to be out there, <laughs> you know, slugging well, around.
1: <laughs> well, Adam, I, I, I'll, t- I'll tell you guys this. So yeah, it, it's called beast mode. I mean, that, that can be intimidating. Uh, it, it's a physical challenge. Again, I, I get the whole intimidation thing. I totally understand that. Um, But with that said, we have guys uh, and even some gals that are in their 50s, 60s, even into their 70s that are competing. So, yes, there are like some of the top athletes will be there competing and and going at it. But there's people of all ages and all abilities. And, you know, Greg, who is a train Hunt national champion and his team will be there. But they're the most humble, down to earth people uh, that's the cool thing about these events is that uh, they bring, again, like-minded people together. Uh, you could be talking, you know, with somebody who's an elite athlete and somebody who, you know, just got off the couch a month ago. And you, you, you wouldn't even know it. it it's just, I, I can't, words can't express the type of community that, that comes out to these events. Uh, and everybody's cheering everybody on there's people put the ego in the back pocket. Yes. When it comes to comes the game time and competition t- time, you know, th- those top guys and gals they're after it, but they'll be turning around and cheering you on as well, you know, at the same time. So with the, uh, the one cool thing about the beast mode, uh, games that's coming up is that we have three divisions. We have the, uh, elite beast, which is heavier weight, uh, competitive beast, which is, uh, Kind of still heavy, but not as heavy, and we just have the beast division. The beast division is uh, you choose your weight, so you can come out if you want to, uh, you know, pick the weight. You know, let's say twenty five pounds for the uh, for the first wave, uh, and maybe the meat pack. You don't want to go super heavy. You just pick whatever weight you want, and you come out and you participate, and you cheer people on, and you meet new people, and and create new friendships. Uh, for that division, I think it's only 50 bucks to enter, and half of the money, uh, from that division goes to, uh, one of our HHA sites also has a nonprofit, uh, HHA USA, which they have, uh, 3D shoots here in Wisconsin, and they raise money for the local honor flight chapters, and they raise money for veterans with, uh, uh, post traumatic stress, uh, disorder. So, uh, that division is to get people out that maybe are sitting on the couch or maybe have a bum knee or a bad back. Uh, but you can still come out and even if it's just hiking the course with no pack on, you, it's, you make that call and you can come out, you can participate, meet new people and you know that some of your money goes to a good charity. So, but all that information can be found on my website. Well,
0: that's that sounds great. I was thinking that it was gonna. I'll be in the fourth division. That that'd be the Milwaukee's beast uh, <laughs> division. And I'm not worried about getting beat by the national champion. I'm getting. I'm worried about being beat by the seventy year old woman. You know, yeah, that's the yeah. You know, that's that that's the that's the reality of
1: it. Yeah, it could be. You never know. <laughs> So it's a good time. It's a good time. And uh, depending on what's going on with COVID, we're going to try to have live music uh, at night for both of those events that are coming up. Uh, But we just, we still don't know what, uh, what phase we're going to be in at that time.
0: Yeah. I'll have to look at my schedule for the, uh, the July event, the, the August event, I think is where everybody's getting ready to head out. So that was right, right nearing the the...
1: yeah that that was a tough I picked that date because you know that august twenty second twenty third that's the time when when people are making their last adjustments uh, you know getting ready to go out west and uh, at Tyrol Basin we have again being at a ski hill uh, there's really no other place that I know of that's around here uh, that you can get good practice of those realistic shots that you might encounter in the mountains. Uh, so we'll be shooting off of some cliffs, um, uh, shooting up uh, some of the slopes. Yeah, it's going to be a good, it's going to be a, a a good opportunity to practice and making sure that you're dialed in correctly for, uh, for your Western hunts.
0: And so where can everybody find the information? You'd mentioned your website, where can they uh, check that out?
1: Yeah, so I have a, a few different ones, website. Uh, you can go to G F B outdoors stands for get fit with Brian outdoors, uh, or beast mode, archery Um, uh, probably for the events, beast mode, archery is going to be the one to go to, uh, Instagram. You can find me at G F B outdoors and at beast mode, archery on Instagram and then Facebook, uh, beast, again, Beast Mode Archery on Facebook, as well as get Fit with Brian on Facebook. Uh, I also have a, a private Facebook group uh, that's called the Beast Mode Archery Challenge uh, for people that are, you know, again, just interested in this type of stuff and, and training and stuff like that. I post a little bit more in depth in terms of uh, what we're doing for training on that than just on uh, the other social media platforms, uh, just cause it, again, I'm trying not to be like everybody and their brother and posting workout videos every day. So, um, and then once this app is up, uh, I have it just about done. Uh, that's going to be a GFB outdoors app, uh, that people can, uh, can download. And uh, again, it'll have content. it will have workout videos, uh, specifically for hunting and backpacking and, uh, all that kind of good stuff. So,
0: well, and I can tell you, like I said, I've got some of your videos, uh, your workouts that you'd posted from Instagram, uh, saved and they're, uh, it's just a different type of like intensity than I'm used to. I think like I I have a weird, like, I don't know if it's like my metabolism or like the way that my body releases cortisol or or whatever. Uh, but when I work out my legs, immediately i feel like clammy nauseated like i'm gonna throw up like like i had yeah. way too much caffeine like it's sure. it's it's crazy um and so doing those those workouts was like immediately like i'm gonna vomit like <laughs> but but i mean i I, I finished them but it's uh, that's the way that i feel <laughs> so it's uh
2: it's maybe you we'll won't feel big that big way after groups. doing it for 12 weeks
0: yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> well well, that, that, that's that's somewhat typical, Adam, especially when uh, maybe you're are a little de- deconditioned, uh, you know, trying to uh, train at high intensity. You're def- you're working different energy systems and therefore uh, the byproduct that you have, you know, lactic acid and stuff is going to build up quicker. And that's one of the benefits of, of being more aerobically fit is that you're able to your body is able to uh, uh, flush that stuff out of your system faster. Uh, so then therefore you're able to recover quicker and be able to do more work. Uh, so there's always a happy fine line between doing enough cardio and doing too much or not enough, uh, for the type of athletes that we are as hunters. So, yeah.
2: Now, in, in your workout, routine, do you have, I mean, where does like riding a bike fall? Is that just, I mean, is to get some good cardio, would that be? A, I mean, because I like to ride my bike, but yeah. and it's a little bit easier on my back. You know, I mean, obviously it's not going to take it uh, a hike's place, but especially with yeah. a pack
1: on. But no, that, that, that's a, a really good question. Uh, I would say, it, again, everybody's different. So if you do have uh, some type of issue that you can't hike as long as what you would like or, or pack as much as you what you want. Um, find something that you can and biking is a, is a great substitute for that. Uh, obviously nothing's going to replace actual hiking and doing some of these other things. Uh, but maybe for some of your longer hikes, maybe you go for a longer bike ride. Uh, and then also maybe, uh, you know, don't make that bike ride easy. Uh, if you have hills, try to find the hills and do some hill repeats with it. Uh, put it in a big gear, uh, even, um, When you want to put it in an easy gear, you know, force yourself into uh, uh, a higher gear or a lower gear, whatever gear it would be. Make it harder uh, and get up out of your seat and really hammer down on those pedals uh, standing up. I used to race mountain bikes, so biking is a great substitute. Uh, It actually, when you're out of the saddle, which a lot of your road bikers don't like to do, um, but if you can get out of your saddle and really hammer it, you're actually simulating the running motion very, very close. Hmm. So uh, that's what I would recommend is try to get out of your saddle on those hills and and, and uh, get some hill
2: repeats. Yeah, that's cool.
1: Or, or get a trailer and uh, and drag Adam around <laughs> for extra weight. <laughs>
2: I,
0: I mean, I can help out with that. <laughs> I'm here for you, John. I'm, I'll be your accountability guy.
2: All right. <laughs> I need it cause I, was just, I was just telling my wife, I'm like, man, I was doing good up until this whole lockdown thing, and then it hit, and I went to shit. You know, so I'm like, and June first is tomorrow. I said, it's it's back to it. I gotta get back on the get back on the wagon and get get back right. in shape.
1: Well, well, and you know. Since you've been there, since you've been fit, you know, you can get back there quicker than somebody that maybe is just starting out Hmm. Uh, just because you know that you've been there. It's more of a mental thing. So you know that you can be there. So you kind of have a different mentality of of those workouts. But also you look at we've been locked down since, what, March 20th, give or take a few days. Mm -hmm. What's that been, 10, 11 weeks? So that's about, you know, we have what, 12 to 14 weeks before September hits. So you can get back to that in that time. You just have to be, you know, consistent with that, with that training. So just because you may, you know, and, and I'm speaking because I'm there with you, you know, I've, uh, I didn't work out as much as I wanted and I ate way too much ice cream and I gained some weight in the last 10 weeks. Uh, but I just know that I need to you know, to, to kick myself in the butt now over the next uh, couple months over the summer. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think there's a lot of people that are out there that are in the same boat. And I think, um, you know, this is a great motivator. I mean, it, I mean, I imagine you're the same way, John, just sit, we're just sitting here listening, going, okay. All right. Okay. You know we got to get into it. Not like a, uh, a, a speech of like, this is what you need to do to be like me. I mean, it comes from a very like honest place of like, right? Hey, you you do what you got to do, but it's just got to be consistent. And these are the things that have right you know, that, that that I, I mean, use,
2: especially like with the gym stuff. And I mean, you see so much on Instagram and you know social media about you know people are pissed off because they can't go to the gym and get get their workout in, and like and like we said in the beginning, I do not like the gym atmosphere. Like what you just explained, like just getting out and doing the backpack and hiking, man, that's, you know, like that's right on par for my, my wants and needs.
1: So, yeah, no, I mean, that's, like I said, you do not need a gym to, to, I mean, obviously if, if you had a, if you have a membership or have access to weights, there's a time and place when that stuff does come in handy and you might get results quicker with some of that stuff, but you definitely don't need that. So, and don't use that, don't use that as an excuse to not to do stuff. I mean, that's a, that's a lame ass excuse if you're using that. Right. Yeah.
0: Well, like I can say, I, I just really appreciate it. And I think, you know, it's, it's gonna resonate with a lot of people because there's a lot of people, I mean, you, you know, just like we said, ourselves included sitting here twiddling our thumbs, but man, we need to do something. We need, you know, some motivation some accountability some some all of this stuff and so I think it that it comes right at a great time and uh you know I just I really appreciate you, you coming on here you know it's funny because you know at the beginning you said i you know I, I wonder why people have me on to to talk you know but I don't bring people on here you know for the most part unless they motivate me in some way or the, you know there are people that are out there that are doing something or you know it, doing things what I would consider you know somewhat the the right way. Um, and so I, I mean, I do, I do really value your, your opinion and appreciate you coming on for us.
1: Well, I appreciate that. And, uh, you guys put together an awesome podcast, so I enjoy listening to it. And, um, uh, yeah, same, same to you guys, you, you guys keep up the good work. You're authentic, you're genuine. I mean, that's, uh, just like there's everybody and their brother doing uh, exercise videos. It seems like there's everybody and their sister doing a podcast and, uh, but you guys are, are one of my, uh, you know, about handful of podcasts that I try to listen to on a weekly basis. So.
0: Well, really appreciate that. You know, we, we do our best. (laughs) And if you'll notice you didn't hear any beer cracking in here. I figured it would be in bad form to sit and uh, drink a thousand calories while talking to the fitness guy. So
1: (laughs) I I had had to dial it back. There's a time and place for that, but, um, (laughs) but uh, maybe uh maybe before you have a beer you do 100 burpees or something like that huh <laughs> i need a couple more beers <laughs>
0: uh brian i think that's all we got for tonight though i i really do appreciate it
1: you bet no right. it's been a pleasure and uh and thank you yep, thanks.